0: Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Jill Yard,
1: and I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we're here every Thursday talking to you about business, balance, entrepreneurship, so many other things. And it is what the very no, it's June. It's Pride. Year. Happy Pride. It's boom, boom, back. boom. Now, Happy Pride, y'all. Shout
0: out to all of the Alphabet Coalition. I hope you have an amazing month and you get to have a good time. And I hope that like. COVID calms down so everybody can kind of have a better time. St. Petersburg's Pride's at the end of the month, and typically that would be the pride of my summer prides if I were to go to one.
1: Yes, because um, our pride here is in October. In October,
0: yes, because it's hot.
1: Area. Um,
0: but St. Petersburg is closer to the coast, so they can kind of get away with having a June pride. Um, however, <laughs> uh, COVID's bad. But not only that, I'm just going to be out of town, so I won't be here during the weekends that they're doing. They're doing something like every weekend. So maybe there's like a, I, I typically only let, like think about the family weekend and like the parade weekend would be the two choices of my choice because I don't go indoors. So the other things wouldn't be fun for me. Uh, but so if you are in Florida and you're looking for a Pride thing, that is happening uh, all throughout the month of June. And St. Petersburg actually has really good Pride. Like it's truly one of the best national yeah, Prides. it's very inclusive
1: cross that like maybe it'll be better by the end of the month because it's like it's Thursday. yeah
0: yeah i mean i'm sure i won't be here so that's the problem yeah. like <laughs> regardless, yeah, yeah. um it's the
1: first now so i'm like it's like the main stuff is happening like but like, it's mostly
0: all out like almost all of their activities are outdoors and they are mostly all very like chill very open and inclusive very much trying to uplift again the spirit of pride but understanding that Florida is Florida and like there's only so much you can do um so there's like I I feel like they have a good balance of having these special events because then they have this parents event where you can bring kids like it's like hey we're doing something for you to bring the kids queer kids who are not you know all the kids can come to this thing so that way you don't have to be at pride trying to kink shame people if they're out here wearing whatever they got going on like just figure out your your thing that you want to do but hopefully everybody has a good pride lesbians who's tech is next week which is truly my favorite tech conference i guess i think i said it last year or maybe the year before it was amazing i cannot wait for next week to do it again they're actually having events locally in different places atlanta's is stacy abrams tonight uh, so, by the time you guys hear it, it's going to be done. But Stacey Abram is doing the event with them. And so they're having them all over, like at their major like hub cities. But the actual event itself is next week and they're having things in person or virtually for those of us who are not in those cities. Um, so I'm very excited because it is a really good tech event. Like, I feel like it's been better than some of the bang events that typically are like large deals, like the Apples and the Facebooks and the Googles. Um, the lesbians know what they're doing, so
1: yes, and most of the things that like like again, our main pride in Orlando is October, but most of the like the Orlando events that are happening this month are the first half of the month, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like Saint. Pete is later in the month, um, so again, no one's trying to compete with that because it's such a huge thing. Um, yeah Tampa's yeah.
0: was like in like april wasn't it, it was april or yeah, march like, Tampa was a like while. Kind of
1: like florida staggers there so that like people mm-hmm. can go because like, they're not far apart so they like, can go an hour and go to this one go so a lot of people do all of them um but disney's gay days uh, they're doing stuff like this weekend like through like the second through the sixth i believe um and yeah so that's gonna be really fun i'm gonna probably whichever like event looks like it's going to have the least amount of people is the one that I'm going to go to for Disney um but yeah Disney's doing stuff like all week so if you're local you can check that out and also Pride Fest Kissimmee is happening
0: oh yes it is which is a big uh, you know what it's also having their first Pride event is Polk County I'm very proud of Polk County for having a pride event, y'all.
1: I would not. It's so
0: dangerous. Absolutely, don't go if you're not comfortable. There are a lot of people who are like, "This is my first one, and I'm really going to try to step it up and make it happen for Polk County," because Lakeland is in Polk County, and Lakeland is a little bit different in some aspects.
1: In in, I I think I think in Lakeland, I would feel it is is a little bit
0: more the liberal. For yeah. Florida, uh, but it's still Polk. You know, like you can just Google Polk County Sheriff Grady.
1: Uh, you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. can see. <laughs> well, Lennon, so, you know, we have like clients and stuff in Lakeland, like, and like when we're we don't sell between really like our area in Lakeland. Right.
0: It's like from Davenport to Lakeland between yeah. the, in between like
1: one area. Like we were like driving out cause a client that doesn't live here was like, Oh, I really want to see this house. I might buy it or whatever. And so we're like, okay. And we, the two of us went out to go take video and stuff of it and sent it to the client. And first of all, like thankfully the house was terrible. So they didn't like it. But also I was like, I told John and he was very much like in agreement of like, if, They want this house. Like, I can't come back out here. He would have to come alone. (laughs) We were like, we can't drive here It's,
0: It's unfortunate because it truly has become the only space, honestly, in a central Florida space where you can drive probably an hour, maybe an hour, 20 minutes to get to Orlando as being like affordable still like that did that bucket of like <laughs> confederacy is affordable for people who yeah. are first time very home buyers.
1: Home and it was like it was a nice home it just needed more work than like what our client wanted but like for me being a black person i was like I yes come back but it's me. like
0: either you get a very nice home with a lot of land probably a pool um,
1: and live next door to somebody who could be a, like a, you know, whatever. <laughs>
0: they could have robes to, in like, their
1: closet. <laughs> and, like changed like on, because he has like an app that brings him leads and stuff. And he changed everything. He was like, none of these areas, because that was very sketchy. Like, I'm not trying to be there. You definitely can't be there. Like, nah. Um, and it, you know, it had been a while since we had, I, I, like growing up, like we would drive straight to Tampa. Like we wouldn't stop ever. So I know that some of those areas are sketchy, but I've never really, like, been in them, you know? And I've been to, like, Lakeland, but that's it, like...
0: I have someone who lived there for, like, a year in one of those areas. It's not... There was nothing happening then. Like, it was so, like, it was so dead because we were in... The recession was so bad that I don't think it would... People were too poor to be as racist as they are now. You know what I mean? Like, there was no... There was no... It was pre-Trump, so I feel like post... Trump,
1: yeah. it's a
0: lot different in some of these smaller spaces. I just versus... remember like,
1: driving to Tampa when I was a kid, and like one of the routes, there would be this the biggest, the
0: only, the 75 the route talking. there yeah, was. You
1: know the flag I'm talking about. And so I was like, mm, never getting off on these roads.
0: Drama. Yeah, I helped me I we actually went for it to help my friend find a place that was kind of like she was living in Lakeland but a little bit outside and help helping her find an apartment at the time we were apartment hunting. I just remember being like, Yes, no, yes. <laughs> we were going like we went to five different places. We were like, Yes. like even at that point, that was what maybe five years ago. Lakeland wasn't as progressive as no. it is now. Like, I it was starting
1: say, to get progressive. Yeah, I was. But it was the last not last year. I felt comfortable going to Lakeland. Like it has not been a long time. It's literally honestly, it was the last. Like I'll be, I'll be honest. The last visit I went on made me be like, oh, I could come to Lakeland. You know what I mean? Like because before that was mostly like drive through, and now we have a client there. So like I went and was there for the like half of a day. And I was like, oh, this is – I don't feel danger, you know, like I thought I would. Um, but that's been very recent. So, yeah. in
0: time, Central Florida
1: time. they do have a lot of, you know, small businesses in their downtown. Yes. Market, and I want those businesses, obviously, to thrive and to do well. I, I've connected with a lot of business owners online before I went and actually, like, went to the businesses. Um, and they all are fantastic. So, they do have, like, a thriving – like entrepreneurship um you know like a thriving downtown business area so that's awesome and i'm imagining that that's probably where their pride stuff like their pride events and stuff is going to be going on and if that's the case then i would feel safe like in that area but wherever you're going whatever you're doing just, if I- you have to,
0: like, your car breaks down or whatever, you know, like, be, weird. and that's in general right now, like, be weary of your circumstances. People's mental health is are, at, are like, a, a very bad place. And then depending on where you live, there aren't a ton of mental health resources. There are less, there's less government money going to mental health resources here. So that is why it's, it's very much an, an area of space where you need to just be cautious and know what you're doing as we travel about in the summer months if you're coming from out of town and you're kind of renting a house in kind of like the Davenport area for Disney, just be aware, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, be ready.
1: And I will say for me, this is why I like to go to Disney events because Disney has security. Yeah.
0: But I think Disney is also expensive. So this is where it's like for people who are coming in town for gay days, but may have booked a house together in like Davenport, but maybe like at the end corner, you know what I mean? Like you can get a vacation house and they're like 20 minutes from Disney, but it's like, not
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> just be like, just aware, like, quote says it's Disney area, doesn't always mean just it.
0: be aware. If it's too late, you're coming in this weekend and you're listening to this episode, uh, just yeah. be make good choices and try to stick to places where there are uh, more diverse crowds and more people and, and be smart. And don't like Florida, also shuts down after like 11 o'clock, there's nothing happening in this part of Florida after 11 o'clock. So unless you just want to go to Waffle House and like chains are open, but there's not restaurants. There's not a nightlife, so to speak.
1: Um,
0: No. So that's also something to keep in mind as you travel at night. Because I think a lot of people do walk at night, uh, especially because Girls in Wonderland is this weekend as well, which is right across the street. And Girls in Wonderland is the one event every Year, I see girls just walking at like two or three o'clock in the morning up and down 192, and I'm like, Good girls, I and they're drunk. and am like, Yeah, be safe if you're coming to Girls in Wonderland, please be safe because like that area is super. There's no lights back there. Like, once you get over there, like literally across the street at that hotel, that's where girl, it's d- there's think, no lights. In
1: general, I would like it if you do not walk on 192 but
0: they do because there's nowhere else to, there's nothing else to do really and then like you go and you see that CVS is open or waffle house. after you've been drinking all day and you're hungry the only things that are open are mcdonald's waffle house ihop and cbs and to get from like that part of 192 to get to that part it's like you have to walk on the sidewalk or like walk in that that weird area so just if you're coming to girls in wonderland as well like have a good time enjoy the pool but like uber if you can
1: yeah <laughs> be safe don't
0: walk streets um it's also hot so stay hydrated if you're coming it is very stay hydrated hot. this is the mom podcast that she asked for like
1: the last <laughs> two weeks have been absolutely ridiculous with the weather it is way too hot i am not trying to go outside in the middle of the day i've been well wa- <laughs> it's so funny you say that i have been walking at night but obviously we live in celebration so it's fine um but yeah i've been walking at night because it is literally ridiculous during the day i'm like how am i supposed to get my steps in when we are literally like this is just i don't know I, 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 and it's gonna get hotter and i know this it's not like i don't live in florida it's not like i don't understand Yeah, it's just
0: heating it. up it's fine but
1: it's truly wild um it's funny because i think about like you know how global warming has worked and how these things are hotter than they used to be and it's wild to me to think that like john and i got married on july 25th
0: i know but that was
1: 2009 and it wasn't as hot but today we could like we couldn't even go outside let alone get married on that day
0: in the middle of the day that's And not happening. So um, we are a business podcast, I promise. Today we are talking about boundaries uh, that you need to have as an entrepreneur. I think the conversation on social media, there's been lots of hot takes about boundaries. So if you've been on Twitter, you probably were like, is the algorithm coming for me? No, it's just... Christmas brain is, is synced up with the algorithm she didn't even know this was happening and there's I love been
1: love boundaries like it's yes it's it's been a good time really, yeah i think that like you know i'm not somebody who really set um strong boundaries in my life until probably i turned 30 um, of course you everybody has boundaries that are like unspoken things you yeah but out. you everybody have does. like
0: visible like but you've been vocal about certain things being no longer negotiable like it's like this yeah. is not what I'm doing with my I think time a
1: lot of people when they get to 30 you have no f's left to give and you're just like these are my boundaries and if you don't like it there's the door and if you're a people pleaser you typically set you typically think and set about set boundaries like later in life
0: by the end okay. of the year charisma and john are going to go through people pleaser boot camp with me in which i will yes. strip them i am
1: very excited of their
0: the ways that they have set because it is so it's so bad for them. <laughs> they need they, they need a big like you know how you have like the the meme of like the big person and like the tiny little teddy bears. They are the tiny little teddy bears and they need like the big bear to come in and like get them, get their boundaries set up. Cause I mean, I feel like it it was a process. I mean, it is like for most people, like you said, a lot of people don't set boundaries. So they're in their like late twenties, early thirties, because they're starting to understand their personalities and what they like. And and I will also say like,
1: like, I was not raised to know what boundaries were. And when I put in, boundaries are in not. with like, for example, with my mother, she doesn't like that. And no. so when you have caregivers growing up that don't, they don't really have boundaries, you're not seeing boundaries being practiced. And then when you put in boundaries with that person or try to, even as a child or a teen, and there's pushback, then you really don't feel comfortable like establishing boundaries, you know? And I think that like people don't realize like you need boundaries in all areas of your life. I think some of us have like most of us have basic boundaries where we know, like, okay, somebody's not gonna do this and and that's not gonna fly. Like certain things like or we might have certain boundaries for ourselves, like, well, I like to carry myself this way, I like to do this and that. I, you know, don't eat this, or I like to go to this place, or whatever it is. It's like people have certain boundaries that they have set within themselves, and typically a a, a basic set with like maybe it's significant others, friends, like you have certain ways, you know, you're not going to be treated, things like that. Um, But it's like, it's, it needs to be in all aspects of your life. And I think one of the biggest places is really work. Um, And I think it's hard, because we're taught in American society, like, oh, well, you go to school, and you listen to what, you know, the teachers, the administrators, whatever, you listen to what they tell you to do. And then you transfer over into a setting of work and you listen to what a boss tells you to do. So it's like in neither of those situations are you necessarily always the one setting your boundaries. Um, it's like the boundaries are being set for you and you're being told, well, this is the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, that is one place that I think I got lucky because I didn't really ever have a lot of like traditional uh jobs. Like I went kind of straight into entrepreneurship at a really young age. And so I got to kind of experiment more with like, what what are my boundaries at work? Whereas I think of like a lot of people I know struggle coming from a corporate setting. Um, they struggle because they're like, well, this is how it's supposed to be. And it's like, well, actually you're you're the boss now. So you can like make it how you want it to be. Um, but again, even if you're going straight into entrepreneurship at a young age, it's still a challenge because you're trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And again, America has terrible boundaries with work, especially compared to literally so many other countries. Like it's, it's really, truly wild how Americans are just like, no, just like work nonstop. Like, even if you're sick, like, you know, there's just, there's just no boundaries there. And it's in the past, it was very much like a flex to not have boundaries. That's where that, like, you know, hustle nonstop, like, You know, don't ever sleep, like, don't ever take a break. Like, that whole mentality is basically just lack of boundaries. That's what that mentality is saying. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely boundaries you need to have as an entrepreneur. We're going to go through seven of them today, but for sure, if you have others, reach out and tell us some good ones and we'll post them to the gram. Um, But the first one, is to establish office hours. So, I think a lot of people struggle with this because when you have your own business, you're just kind of like, well, I guess I'll just always be open. Okay. <laughs> They're like I'm
0: open all the time. I am Yeah, like they hours.
1: Text, they like immediately want to like respond. They just want to show like, oh, I got an email like I need to meet. and I'm like, no. Like that's something that I've been teaching John because again, he's gone from you know, when he was at work and, you know, any second that he was at work, he needed to be, if his principal was like, come here right now, he needed to go. And so he's thinking like, well, I'm at home. And if somebody messages me at 11 o'clock at night, I should respond. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like that is unreasonable. Um, So I think it's important to establish some, you know, hours that you're like, these are going to be the times that I'm working. These are going to be the times that." people are going to hear from me and like, they're going to know that I'm responding. And just so you also know for yourself as well, like when it's going to be time to like turn off. Put
0: the, yeah, you know, put the hat on take the hat off.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's like, it's okay to say like, okay, I work from nine to five typically, but if there's a big, project I might work later that's totally fine but I think, you don't need to talk to people after yeah, those hours. Exactly. <laughs> like they don't need to be hours that you're like dealing with other people you can say this is this is the time for this particular like this is a, a project that I don't always have and I'm gonna work a little later on it but you should still have a hard stop time as well and everybody's will be different it depends on what works for you I know for me now which is a completely different hard stop time than you used to have Um, but now my hard stop time is probably like around nine 30 because past that time I need to turn off electronics that I can, like, if I, if I'm turning off my computer at like nine 30, 10 o'clock, I'm not going to go to like sleep until like midnight or later. Um, so yeah, that's typically for me, like my heart stop when I'm just like, it's late, I'm tired. It's 10 o'clock. Let me close this computer at this point, I still probably won't even lay down until midnight and probably be asleep until one because I've stayed up till 10. So but again, like that's not a typical thing for me. That's if there's an extra project and that wouldn't be me communicating communicating with people that would be me specifically working on like a deadline project. But typically I try to be done you know before dinner time and then that's it. that's that's office hours. Don't expect to hear from me after that point in time. I will get to you tomorrow because one thing that I've learned is that most things can wait till the next day. I used to not think that. I used to think it was the end of the world, but typically, yeah, they can wait. No, there's
0: nothing that has happened, even emergencies are not emergencies. Because let me tell you, people think everything is emergency in business. They don't know what emergency is because typically what happens is when someone messages you as a service provider. Or maybe even someone who sells products and says, oh, this is an emergency. I need help with X, Y, Z. And you accommodate them in that emergent time. They disappear. <laughs> they disappear. If you need a question on their end and you're like, oh, hey, what? I think this may be the issue. Let me know. You will not hear from them. Like there's no one who's at alert. They just want the response when they want it. And that's constituting as an emergency. But then somehow the response back to you can be the next day or 20, longer than that. And it just typically, so you will learn very easy if you're a new entrepreneur, there's no such thing as a real emergency. And a, like a truly I could count on one hand, things that have happened in my 19,000 year long career that have been true emergencies that have required an immediate response to stop the world. You know what I mean? Like for stop like financial, something that would impact people in a very severe way.
1: Yes. Because even like you're siping down, like pe- like, it's probably it's not going to an easy, emergency because guess what I no know. one cares yeah. um like people used to like there used to be this huge narrative like back in the day of like if your site is down for two hours think about all, the, all the money you've you lost you could just lo- and i'm like no if somebody like really wanted to work with you and like you your site was down for two minutes like they're probably not going to be like, well, never working. Or will yeah. I ever like, get
0: this thing you know, again?
1: Like, why are you on all those different social media platforms if not to have like a backup resource? Like, they'll go to that, they'll probably see you pop on a stories and be like, oh man, my site was down, but it'll be back up in a minute, and then they'll go back to your site. Like, it's like if, if that's not the case then get off all different types of social media because what is the point like why have email because it only matters about your site no it's like it, you'll be fine um if, of course it's important to let your person who if there's somebody else who like runs your site let them know in case there's like you know a virus and there's stuff they need to like save quickly or whatever but it's typically- if there's like a
0: data breach if there's things like that that to me are true emergencies for yeah. some reason companies don't think they are that happen all the time yeah, to me that yeah. is worth like ringing the alarm But for some reason your your data could be sold and be on the black market and like no That's one knows like, you don't about, you no. hear about it three okay. to six weeks later after it happened so do just keep your office hours and keep them to what does what's right for you as well like Christmas said like your hours are not everyone else's hours you don't need to be a nine to five you don't need to be a 7 30 to seven you don't need to be an eight to four do what works best for your spirit and your body and the clients who will fit into that narrative will come and that's fine. I know people who are not morning people, are not daytime people. They work strictly third shift only and their clients are international and it works for them. So figure out what works best for you and the clients will come. Do not try to put yourself into a box that doesn't work for you.
1: And you have to think it's like kind of like you were saying how. You know if you jump to respond outside of the time in which you've set boundaries for yourself but then the person doesn't respond back to you we have to think like that person has different boundaries than you they're probably respecting their own boundaries exactly
0: so please respect yours
1: (laughs) they feel like writing it so they're gonna write it but it's like you can't expect them to uphold your boundaries they might not even know your boundaries maybe you've put your office hours out there and i think you should and if you did that's great Um, but regardless if you have or haven't like you don't owe anybody like if they've written to you at 8 p.m., like you don't they don't you don't need to respond to them by 8 30. You know, it's like you can respond to them the next day and they will be okay. Like that's honestly that sort of stuff is just like typical, you know, you should know anyways. And honestly, at this point, like if you're not if you're not waiting like 24 to 48 hours for someone to get back to you for most things when it comes to like a business, like I, I just like that person's being unreasonable. Because just because you've decided you need something like immediately doesn't mean that they ever, the rest of the world is like, you know, on the same time frame as you. So unless you're like, you know, like a doula or something, which is different. But with typical, with most of the businesses we have, like people can get a response in 24 to 48 hours and they will be more than okay.
0: Another important boundary to take that is my ministry is keeping on necessary notifications. Um... When we all got social media <laughs> and then right. push, push notifications were a thing, for the most part, everyone was like, oh, I got to have my notifications on in case someone responds to me so that way I can respond so I can be responsive because your response rate would show up still does on a lot of platforms about how responsive you are as a business and that impacts whether or not, quote unquote, you're reliable or like a good business or whatever. And so people were obsessed with the idea of like knowing what was happening with their businesses at all times, so emails your phone calls your texts. All your social media accounts and at that time there was like four social media platforms but you needed to be on all of them because that's being an entrepreneur and we quickly understood and learned how unhealthy that is especially because most people didn't turn their social media notifications off after a certain time like you kept them on all day so even if you do set this quote-unquote business hours if it's 11 o'clock and you get an email that's upsetting which happens to All of us, we've all had that happen, you know, where someone says something that's really negative. It could put you in a mood. It'd be a downer. You don't set that boundary. So it it started to affect everyone's mental health in, like, different ways. And so there was just no uh, thoughts to, like, until now, I think most recently, people have been really good about, like, saying, okay, I'm going to have notifications on for this app or this thing or whatever. I'm only going to have them on for this time period. Like, there's better settings now built into phones where you can set that up. Um, But I just think that's important. I very easily became very annoyed by push notifications. Like, I feel like I turned them off as soon as I learned how to. (laughs) Um, And I don't have them on. I don't have them on for anything. The only thing you can do to notify me about something is text me. And even then, I will do not disturb real quick. Like, do not. Like, if I'm in the middle of doing something you don't need me and i think that is truly people think it's bizarre and it's fun they're like you have a kid what about if you're kid? i'm like she's in the house or she's up you know what I mean? like yeah. if something were to happen we would figure it out but for the you gotta protect your peace and i am truly like a firm believer of not having push notifications on for things that don't help you i, I don't even have them on for my shop like i don't have woocommerce no I make a sale i'll find it in my email I'm yeah. not obsessed with the idea of WooCommerce bringing for me every, like I know that's a big thing too, with product uh, based businesses. They're like, Oh, your Shopify sound. It's so awesome. When you hear that cha-ching or whatever, a cat or whatever. I don't want that. <laughs> so my phone is like
1: always on silent. silent right? I didn't know that that d- does that. <laughs> it does. It makes a sound. It goes ching ching. <laughs> I'm going to turn it on just to like hear it. I'm going to,
0: okay, turn it on and I'll buy a can. Tell me when you do And I'll buy a so you can hear it.
1: I literally like never have like, I never have my volume. WooCommerce
0: well, makes a noise that I didn't even know. Like, I had, when I first installed it, and, like, I was like, what is this? Because <laughs> I had my yeah. sound on for the reason. I was like, oh, no. Uh, turn that off really quickly. So, but that is a yeah. thing, yeah.
1: I have, I have notifications from that because I just didn't even know I could turn them off, to be honest. So I just found that out right now um, from Shopify. <laughs> but, again, like I said, I have my thingy. It's never, ever on. So, like, I don't find out that I'm getting like text messages or what do you like I typically will like put it on um like it's the ringer's always off and then a lot of times I'll put my phone in the other room. Yeah. Um, oh yeah for sure. Yeah I'll work so because that way like I don't hear it like uh, vibrate or anything. So I'll go put it in my room and then I'll come work in the office, get some work done and then I'll come back to it. Um and like you know there was that time when everybody was like hey you love me and you follow me on instagram so why don't you turn on notifications so every time i do something yeah
0: push the notify yeah, or like youtube like- hit the bell or da-da-da-da-da.
1: that's not that doesn't make any sense because like i when i go on instagram i'll see you and i'll like your stuff but i don't like, I, the second you post something, I don't need to, like... I don't want to know about it. Made <laughs> uh, you know, I feel I like... Appreciate that, you. I appreciate I a friend that, like, a, a good friend, like, a close friend that was, like, hey, I'm going to be posting something. I wanted to perform well. I'm going to post it at this time. Then I would, you know, make the effort to go in at that time. But it's, like, if I'm following, you know, somebody who, like, I don't know like that. Like, I'm not... No, I'm not going to, like... Like, I like you and I like following you. But, like, no, I don't need to be notified the second you do anything on... Social media, like that's banana, yeah. like banana's request. Really, when you think about it, like it's weird that we've gotten to that po- that point in social media. But yeah, I think it's so important to just like only keep on what is necessary. You know, what's necessary for your business will change from business to business. And you, you might have some social media accounts that it is necessary for you to be that on top of. And so maybe you have notifications turned on for those ones that it's like for your business, it's beneficial. And that's great. But like making sure that you only have the ones that are necessary for you because it's not you don't need to know everything going on and have a notification about everything going on 24 seven.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. And it doesn't help your productivity. This is also the thing uh, most people find that when they do have push notifications on like that, it's very interrupted to their day and they get distracted very easily, especially if you use a communication tool like Slack or you're using like Asana or project management tool where your clients have access to comment often, which we'll talk about in the next <laughs> point for sure it's very easy to get distracted because now you're bogging into conversations and it's distracting you from doing the actual work that you need to be doing. So that's another reason why push notifications being on are not really a good choice. But the next thing that, since we're talking about that, is establishing communication standards and expectations with your clients, with your customers, et cetera, is so important and a healthy boundary to set because it saves you So much heartache and so much headache. And this is something that I had a strong belief in the beginning of me starting my business. I don't want people texting me. I don't want people calling me. I can read your email when I get to it, when it's in the time period of me getting to it. Because once I said, like before, there's never been an emergency that I've had to deal with that required me to be on 24-7. Very rarely do people... Like I, I can sit in the past five years. I can tell you a client has called me. I don't. They don't even have my phone number. Like I don't. Knowing what works for you, that's what works for me. Because it's not for everybody. Some people actually prefer to have the phone call. Some people prefer the text messages. Some people prefer having a WhatsApp. Whatever it is, it is that set that boundary early in the beginning, so people know what they're getting into. I put it in my welcome letter. I have a very nice statement in which I say. Excited to be working with you for the benefit of whatever we're doing. It's collective that we have communication and effectively in these touch points where we will touch base at A, B, C, D, E, F, G. These are the meeting dates. That's when we will talk. We won't be talking before then or after that. I will send you updates during the weeks that end if it's a multiple week project. These are when you get your updates. You can ask questions in, but as far as like long drawn out conversations, there's nothing that I do. I'm not a surgeon. I make design. I okay, design things for a living. I'm a consultant. We make websites. I, I don't do life-changing work that requires us to have a deep philosophical conversation about why the sky is pink. We can talk about it at a meeting. <laughs> so figure that out. What works for you, and that sometimes takes time and life circumstances too. Once you have kids, again, you have to change your. Because I know a lot of people who were into phone calls and texting, et cetera, and then they had kids, and they were like oh, how do you do your thing? Because people are calling me and I'm at like a soccer game or I'm at yeah. PTA meetings or I'm at whatever, or you become a, a caretaker in other ways. I have a sick parent. I can't talk to people. I'm like, this is what I do. It works. I haven't had anyone be mad. Like, I've never lost a client because of my communication policy. Yeah.
1: And it's definitely one of those things that it's like, it, I think it's important to explain so that clients do know what to expect. And in different, like depending on what it is that you do, you're going to have different like styles of doing it so it's like for me like you know when I was working with branding clients we did not talk outside of like meetings and email and things like that but when I was working with brides and grooms like it was a different situation you know so it's like yes we would have emails and things like that but we would have a lot more phone calls there would be more texting involved especially like that last As the
0: time got closer and that, closer to the, the event
1: of the um before the wedding there would be so much more contact because it's like so many things are like, Okay, oh, hey, what's this? And you know, oh this last minute change and no oh, we're thinking about doing this, what are your thoughts? So I'd be a lot more like looped in those last like two months prior to there's a lot of like last minute changes and just like things that's, oh, so-and-so is coming and they weren't originally coming and here's this to know about their family dynamic or whatever. Um, so yeah, just things would pop up. Um, but it's like by that point in the relationship with the client, I also knew the client so much better because you have to think like a lot of people are booking their weddings like about a year out. Um, so they would know, you know, you're, they're not going to be texting me at 11 o'clock at night and, you know, things like that. Um, so they would know like how, even with, within texting, there's still an etiquette for me and boundaries for me of like, what needs to be like respected. It's like, don't unless someone's dying, which in in that case, like you you shouldn't be texting me because I'm your wedding photographer, not like a doctor. So, you know, it's like they're not texting me at 11 o'clock at night, but they're texting me at like normal times when things that yes, maybe needed to be addressed a little bit sooner would come up. Um, And so yeah, just making sure that those standards are communicated, I think is really good. Um, You know, not all boundaries have to be something that you Let other people know about like, for example, your notifications, you don't need to let everybody know which notifications you have on and you don't, that's not necessarily everybody else's business. It doesn't really matter. But this is one that I think it's important to communicate the value of communication standards, and your expectations, because it's gonna like, if not, everyone's just doing their own thing. When you say this is how I want you to communicate me, this is communicate with me, this is how I communicate, this is what to expect when you're doing that with a client it's going to be so much easier if you just let them know from the get go.
0: Yeah. Um, and put that information in wherever you are because I think what happens is we start to get into that inbox thing especially with new clients or people who are in- inquiring is that people start messaging you on Facebook, I see you on Instagram, they may find your private stuff. I've seen people like inquire to people's private Facebooks about like business things. If you have in, in your about section like for inquiries, go to my website. <laughs> for inquiries, if they you like phone calls, put the phone numbers in. Put those wherever you are visible so that people know to respect that boundary. Because guess what? If they don't, they most likely are not the client for you. I promise you that. If they do, go to your social media, they completely ignore that giant for inquiries do this and they just text you or message you anyway or do whatever they want, they will not appeal to any of the other boundaries you're going to set in that business relationship. It's always a red flag. So, <laughs>
1: like, I think that especially like if somebody's like constantly showing up in like your DMs instead of like emailing you, it's just, like chatting and then you get to know each other and then they're like, hey, wait, you actually do this. Right. And then you're like, yeah, here you can eat. Like typically like that does happen. Yeah. Me just because I, you know, I talk to a lot of people and then I'll be like, yeah, you can email me about it here. And then the person will like, email me. Exactly. Just, like, exactly. Just, like immediately continuing to go to your DMs. And I'd be, be like, like, nope. break Especially again, like if your information is out there and it's clear, like, and that's that, again, that's why it's important to, to establish and share and communicate that. Make sure that they can see your email. Like, Make sure that the ways that you want to be contacted are shared because so many people now are just like so quick to jump in DMs over anything else. So it's like if you don't want to do DMs, which I think DMs are like they are literally the worst for communication because the way that they're organized is actually –
0: There's nothing about the UI that makes it seem like it's a proper
1: communication
0: tool for a business transaction. I (laughs) I
1: honestly can't believe that it's still so like – commonplace. Yeah. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I, people know if you, if you do DM with me regularly in Instagram, you know that I will like disappear from DMS for like four days. And and again, these aren't clients. These are just like friends and colleagues and whatever. But it's like, just because the way that Instagram is set up, it's like, I sometimes won't respond for a few days because it's, I'll get a whole influx of DMS at once and then I'm just doing other things and then eventually I'll come back to it. So to me, it's yeah. just not a very smart way to go about things because you'll miss messages because somebody, if you got a lot at once and there's like one that's way down here, it's, it's just a mess. So, yes, please communicate that. I, I would highly recommend not using your DMs as a way to communicate as an entrepreneur just because it's very messy and stressful. So for your own like peace of mind, I I think even texting is like easier than using DM, but you, you decide that, but just make sure you're clear on that. So the next boundary that you should have as an entrepreneur is deciding what you will and will not take on. What is it that you don't want to do? What won't you do? What is like, nah, that's not for me. That's not my ministry. Great for others. Not for me. Because the thing is, especially if you're service-based, people will try to get you to do everything. They'll be like, oh, well, you're so great at this. So why don't you do this? Why don't you offer that? Why don't you, you know, or even just like certain types of businesses. If you're like, listen, I do, you know, coaching and I work with, you know, people in the design and arts fields and somebody wants you to come do like some coaching consulting for a gym and you're like, that's not what I do. It's like know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. Know what sort of like realms of work are not going to be a good fit for you and be strong in that boundary because you're not going to be happy if you're doing work in kind of like adjacent fields that are terrible to you. Um there can be offerings that you're really good at that you just don't enjoy. And like that's okay. Like there's definitely some stuff that I am good at that I don't want to do. And that's all right. Like that's, you know, that's your choice. Like you're the one who it's your business. You get to decide what you do. So be firm in like what you are okay offering and what you just don't feel comfortable offering. And yeah, the type of work that you do or don't want to do because there's it it can make or break you. I will say that.
0: That is very true, yeah. that Something, again, sometimes it's a learning process and you learn through experiencing certain things and you just start, or you may change, your life may change, you may not enjoy something. Industries may change, like web development has changed so much to the point where like a lot of people don't even make custom sites anymore. Like that's very rare that there are custom web shops or or dime in a bucket away. Like you very much don't find those anymore. So that there's just so much that, that happens that could change so you will learn that but try to as soon as you get into that mode of like not wanting to do something just say no like start setting those boundaries somebody could say oh you used to do i'm sure it's happening oh you used to do wedding photography can't you do a picture of my wedding the answer is no
1: do it i will say unless (laughs) i I will will know and
0: then i can yeah, and I can refer you to someone who does that because I'm still in the industry. I know people who could, and that happens to me all the time. I'm Like, oh, yeah, I can give you someone a referral box. For I
1: will me, a big one was like newborn photography. Oh, man. Like, I will do what I call, like, you know, a lifestyle session with, like, in a nursery. Where, you know, it's the family together. It's like natural. Right, it's
0: a, the natural. Not the not little baby wrapped up in the cheesecloth. Not, not doing cheese cloth, not like, up on like random yeah. props. That,
1: like number one, those sessions. So like a session that's in a nursery, could it's just like any other family session. It's not going to take probably that long. Maybe a little longer, but like not that long. Whereas a, a session where it's the baby and they're like in all the, you know, different little positions with all the little outfits and all that and they're smushed up. That is going to take like as long as a wedding. It is literally going to take all day, especially when the baby's naked because they're probably going to projectile poop everywhere. This literally happens all the time with baby sessions. And you have to know how to fold them properly. Into right, the- because
0: you could break the f- babies. I, it's just a, too I'm much. I'm actually
1: trained to do it. Like I've literally t- like taken like a class and taking workshops on baby folding, but I don't love doing it because I just don't, Because the words baby folding is absurd. (laughs) The thing is, it's like, yes, it's safe. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to like call anybody. People who do it are great at it. It's safe. It's just stressful to me to fold up your baby. I don't want to do it myself. There's other people who I, I, I'm like, oh, they're great at it. Like it's wonderful, whatever. I don't want to fold up babies. I don't want to do it. It's stressful. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not. And I've, I've always been like, I've always been like that. And I've had people that have used me for, you know, engagement and wedding, and then they get pregnant and they're like, and I do their, you know, maternity photos. And then they're like, Oh, I want you to, you know, do our baby. And I'm like, what, what is your vision for these photos? Because I like, I'm not folding your baby up. We can do, you know, I'm happy to do a session. That's like a natural lifestyle session in the house. I am not folding that baby up. And I'd always send them out. And what's funny is people are also surprised because like when they would get my session fee for like a family session, versus what a photographer costs when they fold up your baby. Those are two different prices, almost like the cost of a wedding to fold up your baby. But it's because they're folding up your baby. It's not safe. This is so wild. (laughs) So they have these, one of the big ones that's really was popular is like this thing where it looks like your baby's hanging and they're not really hanging, but it's like they basically use the same sort of like theatrics that you would for like a freaking movie to like get this shot. There's so much editing. There's so many like multiple shots that are taken to like achieve this one shot. And people think that you're just like actually putting the baby in this hanging thing and just leaving them and walking away and taking the photo. And that's not what happens. But that's what I'm saying is like, there's so much that goes into it. And that's why the the prices are very, very high versus like a natural family session where you're just like holding the baby, looking in on the crib, things like that. It's It's a very different editing process and a very different shooting process. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to fold your baby for six to eight hours and have them projectile vomit and poop and I just I just don't want to do it so you know it's not my ministry and I had to be very firm in that people really wanted to pressure me into it I did take workshops to see if it was for me and I was just like it is not for me but there's other people that love it and they were like I would never touch a wedding or I would never do boudoir you know whatever um so everybody's very different in what they are common. to do to right. on and, and don't want to take on and that's totally fine. Um, yeah, I feel like and that's, you know, for every industry, it's that's that's totally fine. There's, you know, there's a lot of people that find certain things like that, they just are not they just it's just not worth it worth it to them. And I'm like, that's completely fine. Like that's why it's great that we're all different because there's different things that everybody wants to do.
0: Exactly. And another thing in terms of like finding while you're in the process of finding what you don't want to do, also the (laughs) whom, the humans who you are not interested in working with. And I mean, not and okay, well, actually, you can do whatever you want. but I would hope that people aren't taking this as like, indiscriminatory way of us being like don't take any of these marginalized groups and work with them because that's not what we mean but really just in different uh maybe industry and like energies or uh, some industries you just like typically like it's difficult to work with maybe they have too many regulations that type of thing um when you take government contracts on there's so much that you cannot do so that may be a thing where for most people who are very art so focused and have like an art mindset and maybe well, yeah, be like, interesting to them you might
1: be like in design and you might be like oh my god like i don't want to design for like medical because it's really boring you know it is
0: boring it pays my bills but it's so boring uh yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing that's the thing i know a lot of people who yeah. won't do it like, i know several people who refuse to design in corporate industries because it's very most of the time they already have a brand that's not very well done that's very strict and very like there's only so much you can do and for most people who are very creative and like artsy and like have a certain style it wouldn't fit and so they choose not to do it and for me that's like good for me because I'm just taking this boring design exactly.
1: that's why it works um, so well because it's like <laughs> there everybody there's a I like for everyone to fit you know the,
0: yeah exactly so you're just gonna figure out that fit for you and what you want to do I would love to be like an artsy designer who has like my certain way that i design things the way i like to do it and this is it and i only am known for that and maybe i'd be instagram famous because i only post about this one thing most of my work is behind an nda no one can ever see it i can't talk about it the fun things that are super exciting i never get to talk about it i have to die with it go to my grave <laughs> so it's like and for a lot of people it's not their ministry people like that's not most people don't like that, and like they want to be able That's to showcase just, their work. Did. Like yeah, we did. yeah as a creative, you like, like to showcase your work. work and show. And I've like I I can't show ninety nine point nine percent of my work, on. So it's like, uh, you know that that doesn't work for everyone. So you got to find what works for you, and what what personality types work for you and what type of people, like maybe regionally, like you may not be in, and want to work internationally, which is fine depending on where you are. You may not want to work people in the U.S. You're like, hey, I'm not dealing with the U.S. And that's totally true because it may not work for you. The tax regulations may be complicated. Uh, there's just so many things to think about, but setting those boundaries and stop saying yes to things that don't fit, don't feel good, that are yucky and can cause friction. And usually those projects don't go well. Most client relationships don't go well because you're saying yes to something typically that is not in your. Endeavor, And I understand, like, it's different when you have to pay bills. I'm not above and beyond doing stupid stuff to pay bills. Trust me, I'm there. I got it. Like, I get it. We got to pay, bills, especially in 2022, when gas is $5 a gallon in Florida. Like, I understand. However, if you are in a place where you're comfortable financially, and you can set those boundaries from working, not working with certain people, please do, because that money is not good enough. Like, and typically the money never good enough. That's worth you taking down your like your boundaries or whatever your values whatever you've set up for yourself i know a lot of people who are very uh, straight edge christian people who won't work with alcohol brands who won't work with V brands who won't work with uh, the sex workers who won't work with people who do adult photography who won't work with boudoir photographers like they're that's their bed. do what you want it's fine and say it and set your boundaries and just do it in a way that's also nice. Like You don't have to be judgmental. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to just tell people you're not maybe a good fit for me, but I may know somebody who yeah. can and Maybe look on this site. Yeah.
1: Sites. It's like, typically that'll work both ways. It's like, if you're, you know, a boudoir photographer and you're all about, you know, you know, liberation and, you know, like celebrating the body and things like that, then like partnering with a super conservative brand that is like has the opposite values it's probably not going to be a good fit you know what i mean not i don't know how you would partner with them but i'm just saying right it, exactly it, well, it just if wouldn't if work a brand that was like we are similar to canon except we don't want you to take photos of anything ever unwholesome then like that would probably not be like the brand that you'd want to work with because you'd be like okay they're kind of like shaming and like it's just this is not this is not what i want my customers my clientele to like Feel and to be around, you know what I mean, right? Like, exactly, if you're sticking true to your brand, and you know who, like, know what your brand is and what your brand is about, and you're marketing to the right people, then you're going to be bringing in the right types of people that you want to work with, and the right, you know, type of work that you want to take on. So, it's like if you're setting those boundaries and then carrying them out to the various parts of your business, then you're going to attract that energy that is like the right fit. Um, and I would say, like, to me it's like it's very much like yeah for me it's not a set type of person per se but for me it's very much like an energy yeah a type of you know I, I actually had an interaction that i will tell you with about later not on this not while we're recording uh but put it on blast i'm kidding <laughs> it was just like the energy wasn't yeah, it was just not good vibes gonna be. and I was like oh man because I was excited to kind of do this thing and now I'm like yeah maybe not so much um, and it's just a little energy reading like that lets you know, like, nah, the two of us are probably not going to vibe. The just way, do the a
0: way little life. check in. Just do Yeah, a
1: little... so It's just important to kind of like keep that in mind, especially in, in the early processes of like working with someone new. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sixth boundary that you need to have in place as an entrepreneur is putting your health first, because at the end of the day, if you are not healthy, mind, body and spirit, then, you know, you aren't like it's just more important than work at the end of the day. Like you, you have to be good and showing up the best way that you can health wise to be able to do your best work anyways. Um, And especially like, you know, with mental health, it's such a big thing these days where people, you know, are talking about it, but not actually like doing anything about it. Like a lot of people still put it on the back burner um, and it needs to be, it needs to be top. It's, It's more important than anything else. And we see these people that have, massive, massive followings. And you think that they have all the things that because social media is social media that you're like, Oh, they have all the things that I would want or need or whatever. And then these are the people that are often like, Oh, everything sucks. And I hate everything. And it's terrible. And things are not going well. Um, so it's really important to, you know, check in with yourself, give yourself time, don't feel like you're a machine that constantly needs to be like showing creative output. Like typically, in the day, some of the most like creative people of all time were not always making something every single day, right? They were not right. making multiple things a day and having to have them judge. Be judged by the world.
0: Yeah, if they were, they again, like you said, this is the big caveat is that they weren't being judged by the world. Like Leonardo da Vinci's best drawings, they might
1: paint every day, but we weren't seeing every sing- single thing that they painted and climbing right. right. in on our thoughts on it. We might like they might paint every day, and from that month, have one painting that they go have to go on in a gallery, right? And most people didn't get famous until after they died. Like they sure didn't. They sure didn't. So it's like even when you think about you know like today's like musicians right like we're not seeing stuff from beyonce every day in fact <laughs>
0: they haven't heard from beyonce in a month and the beehive is not okay
1: <laughs> most of the time like barely shows us things but when she does it's amazing so it's like learn from that like she's not every day trying to share something because she's like she's working on her stuff and, you know, I know the algorithm. I know, I know, I get it. I get all of that. But at the same time, it's like, if you can find a way to just show a little bit of something you're working on, you don't don't feel the pressure to have something brand new, something whatever, every single day. Single, too every much. day. It's too much. much. It and
0: also, <laughs> I mean, using Beyonce as an example in which she publicly did a documentary to showcase something that she chose to do for herself because it was an opportunity that she wanted with through Coachella and her after the fact saying not even too long after that documentary aired that she would never ever do that again because it was unhealthy. And the way it said, it, like the way she pushed herself was not, it was like a once in a lifetime thing. And I think that's so important is that even when you're trying to compare and contrast, to people in your industry and like how they're doing things and like they must do this and they must do that sometimes people are doing things for their jobs their careers that are unhealthy and they know it but they know their their limits and that's their season it not it may not be for you and so that's why when i talk about the way i work and the amount of work i do and the hours that i put in which is not like i never glorify it (laughs) i'm never the hustle porn person i understand this part of thing, but i have never gone the show and be like you just gotta do it put your like I know everybody is up and above, and most people should not work as much as I do. I firmly say that to anybody. People are like, oh, what are you doing? How do you do it? I'm like, don't do that. Go to sleep. <laughs> like I straight up. I'm like, go to bed, take a vacation, go, you know, take the breaks that you have. You have the opportunity to do it because it's not for everyone. I, I know a lot of people who try, who've even gotten close to the work. They're like, um, no, I did 50 hours this week and I, I, I'm dead this week. Like I can't move. And I'm like. I told you not to do it (laughs) so do what's best for your health even I I mean like there are some days where I'm like after I've done x amount of hours or x amount of days or whatever I'm like okay I'm doing nothing like I'm laying down in bed for a full 24 hours to recover because my body is shot like it's straight up like you did too much and that's my boundaries and figuring out what works for me you got to do that for yourself I can't I would never tell someone to do what I do in hopes of them becoming mediocre. Like, I, I'm not saying that I'm, but literally I'm like a mediocrely, basically like middle-class, possibly. Upper, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not Elon Musk. Why in the hell with anybody work the amount of hours that I work? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to find something. And even when he says that, he don't work that many hours. Like, I work more hours than that man works. So, like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Do what you got to do. You figure know,
1: it probably out. Probably work more than billionaires. The way that <laughs> do,
0: don't, but don't ever compromise your health because you think that it will get you somewhere where, where it was. And I, I really have a struggle right now because I feel like some of the older millennials are really like, Gen X is so Gen Z is so lazy and they don't do anything and they're not like they don't understand you have to pay your dues. Which like do they do? Like if they create a new culture where you don't have to do right. that and they can still make six figures coming out of college becoming and, and a dentist, <laughs> then let them do it. Like who cares that you had to pay your dues? Who cares?
1: Uh, I don't... You know, I, I just think that it like it evens the playing field. I, I just, you know,
0: it's so dumb. It's, a, it's an argument that I will never have. I will never be mad at somebody for getting better than I am quicker.
1: Somebody that can thrive and do less and not struggle and do what they love to do. Like, I'm going to be for that no matter what age they are, what tax bracket they're in, what their situation is. I want people to thrive and be healthy and do well and do what they love and still be able to prioritize their health. Like I, for many years, I feel like threw my health out the window to focus on my business. And I, I never want to see someone. I mean, that's why this is a point on here to set that boundary because it's like, now I used to wake up and be like, okay, I'm awake. Here are all the things I have to do today for work. Let's do all the things for work, 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 work. Now I wake up and the first part of my day, um, is dedicated to myself every day and I'm not going to move into work the same way that I used to have, like, well, these are the big three points for work, and then here's my to-do. never. and It's understood. your big points for yourself. Now it's my big points for myself. And so every day I'm typically going to, you know, get in a good walk where I don't have to do anything. And it's like an, I, I do a low-pressure walk. I don't, like – it's not a huge, like, time myself thing. It's not a huge, like – this amount
0: distance of- it's yeah. just a walk
1: it's like i typically do the same amount because i'm listening to my body i do it feels good for my body so it's typically similar each day depending on like the weather um but i just i just walk and it, there's no like you know i pretty much have like a good amount of time to do it and i'm just stress. and then i'm also going to make sure that i've eaten a really healthy delicious big breakfast and I have like a food plan for the rest of the day so that I make sure that I'm going to be eating throughout the day. And I make sure I have plenty of like water on hand. My teas are, you know, ready to, to go. And so I make sure nutrition is set up for the day, take any supplements or anything I need to do. And um, then I also typically make sure that I know if I'm not going to do my second thing, which a lot of times I'll do like yoga in the morning too and the walk. Um, and sometimes I'll do weights in the morning, but if I don't, then I know when in the day I'm going to incorporate those things. So typically every single day I'm doing a walk, I'm doing yoga and I'm doing, um, a dance routine type of like a dance video or something. Um, and then like, I haven't been doing weights lately because I don't know with long COVID, I'm trying to not push myself. I don't have, I'm trying to not have it. (laughs) Um, so that's been the thing that I've heard is that a lot of people said, after they had COVID, they rushed back into life um, and did all the things. So I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to wait probably another two weeks to like, I've been doing isometrics instead of weights. Um, But yeah, just making sure that my day is going to be full of all the healthy things, mind, body, and spirit that I love, making sure I'm going to have that time to journal. Again, doesn't mean I necessarily have to do all of it In the morning, but I will say I do a good like I spend a good three hours on me before I do anything else, and then whatever isn't done in that three hours, I know throughout the day when it's going to be done. And that is the stuff that is like the non you know, there's no negotiation that is the boundary. So if I haven't made the time to do yoga and we're looking at the end of the day, well, I need to get off my computer because I got to get that yoga session. Yep, that is more important than whatever it is i'm working on which can wait till tomorrow and everything will be fine
0: for sure yeah yoga is definitely a non-negotiable for me for sure yeah Uh, don't do it
1: i love yoga so much um and i like yoga makes me very sleepy which i love so i love to do it in the morning when i first woke up because it's like wake up because it kind of like it wakes up my body but in a sleepy way if that makes sense like it, it doesn't it's hold. a
0: slow yeah it's up, like when you it's go straight a...
1: into the gym and you're like doing it you're like ah but like it just it's like i i feel like i get to move and be sleepy at the same time and i love that it just really connects you to your body and i feel like puts you in a place where you're like feeling your body and you're you're there with your body, you're connected to your body. And I think that that helps to let you know what you need for the rest of the day or the next day. If, if you're doing a continuous yoga practice, and again, it doesn't have to be a complicated one. Mine is very simple um, and not even super structured, but it just helps me be in my body so I can check in and be like, oh, what do you need? And then I know the things to give it throughout the day. But to me, that's more important is making sure I have the things for my mind, my body, my spirit that comes first, then work. And, you know, we need to get into a culture of teaching everyone to do that from the get go. I love the idea of Gen Z, like making this a world where, you know, that's the case. But I'm like, even if like there's pushback, we need to help yeah, to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like we need to help them to be able to prioritize health in all all the different ways that it you know, mental, physical, spiritual, all that before work, like work is second, period, that needs to be everyone's boundary. Um, so the last one is your seventh boundary that you need to have as an entrepreneur is financial boundaries. So this, this is like its own thing. There's so many ways that you can have financial boundaries. But to me, I think of it as, um, number one, like there's a certain amount that I need to make and this is it. And that doesn't necessarily mean like for the year, but it could be per project or like, I know people that say like, I'm not going to take on anything like they're like service providers and they're like, I don't do any, like I don't get out of bed for like less than $300 and that works for them in their field or whatever. Um, you might have products and you might say, I'm not selling a product for less than this. Um, so that's one way that you can have financial boundaries. Another is how much you're going to put into your business, right? So it's like your boundary, you could say, listen, I make X amount a year. I am putting X amount into my business and I won't be putting more than that. Right. Um, and so there's just a lot of ways that you can have financial boundaries within your business but that is definitely a huge one because at the end of the day like a business that's your career that's your job the point of jobs i mean yes there's a lot of points to them but money is is a big part of it like yeah we're, like we're still in a paid so
0: capitalistic society yeah, especially in the northern
1: you should be compensated America for the um, work you do
0: For sure, yeah. I I think that's such a big one. And a lot of people, specifically people who identify as women, (laughs) typically don't push those boundaries much more often as people who have more masculine energy as counterparts. And so because you're not taught that, you're taught to kind of be more fluid and have... Feminine energy is all about being fluid and moving and being soft and being not having boundaries and not being structured. And so that happens a lot with finances. It kind of dips that. And so when people have typically more masculine energy in their households and people who ex- exhibit that, they kind of teach them to be more rigid and be more stern and don't do this for for less than and, and know your worth. And I think part of that should be everyone's education, everyone's upbringing, and part of that, knowing your worth, being honest and talking to your children about money very early on and understanding what money does and like how to respect their boundaries, how to respect their values. Because what's happening is that we're seeing a lot of people who are, again, we have this big divide from the top 1% of earners in the the world and everyone else. And so what happens if people get just a little bit better than the people who are on the lower end, they feel that they're closer to the 1%, not understanding how close they are to the lower. And so they try to protect the values that this 1% of high earning people have set up instead of setting the values for themselves of being like, hey, we actually should protect the people below us because I'm so close to these people. Like, We should t- do better. And so part of that is setting really good financial boundaries for yourself and knowing your worth and knowing your value and earning what you're worth and not working hard for no reason, like being smart about your money and setting up very important. Pay- I know people who take payments late and who are like, it's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. People should pay you on time because they're going to pay for tickets on time. They're going to pay for their services their plumber on time they're gonna pay their parking things on like they're gonna pay those things on time so they should pay you on time after you've done the service that you were contracted to do or if you did the products and you made the product they should pay you on time um so that typically that's what we mean by setting financial boundaries it's like knowing your worth knowing your value setting a minimum price that does not broke in that you're not moving it around for friends and for family if they respect you they'll pay you what you're worth never had pushback. A lot of my clients are friends. A lot of my clients are friends of friends. I don't get pushback on my prices. So that's what we mean in terms of like just setting those hard boundaries for finances.
1: Yes. Because regardless of if you know somebody or what the situation is, like you still need to make money for the things you do. And, you know, you have to like figure out like what is that bottom price for you? Because when it comes to a product, it's like you're putting it, you're literally buying materials most likely to make said product. And then you're putting in time. And if it comes to service base, you're putting in a ton of time and you know, you shouldn't do things for free. Like this is, this is your business this is your livelihood. So you need to have those boundaries and not, and honestly, it's like, I do know a lot of people in certain fields that will have people like that will have friends that will be like, Oh, can I get a discount or, you know, things like that. I think like The beauty industry is really big with that. The wedding industry is really big with that. Any industry where, like, it's more common to use that industry, if that makes sense. Like, if it's something that everyone kind of uses for the most part, people will be like, if they've already had that service elsewhere, it's like when you're offering it, they want to come to you and get, like, a discount, you know? Um, I don't really know why or where that comes from. And I'm not saying don't have some sort of like, if you really feel called to have some sort of discount or whatever, okay. But like, you need to have one that is like reasonable so that you're still making like a decent amount of money. I don't think you should have one because I think it becomes a slippery slope of like, you know, it just becomes a slippery slope if it's, if it's too much, but yeah, you just need to be firm with that sort of stuff because you know, you're going to be at a point where, you're going to be almost doing all discounted work because everybody's going to feel like they're your friend and you're not going to want to offend anybody and whatever. Um, And you're just, you know, you're not going to be being able to turn a profit. And I do think that that happens to a lot of businesses, unfortunately. And they, like, they undercut themselves and then they just have to kind of continue doing it because those sometimes are the clients that keep coming back to them and they're not paying the price of what they need to be paying. Um, And again, like, you're a professional what you offer is important even if it's your friend they will save to be able to afford you so you know I'm saving right now to be able to afford you because there's things that I want to do with you and I'm like you know there's things that I want to do with you for the real estate business and I'm literally like oh I want to work with Angelica she's the best at this so I'm putting my monies away and saving until I can like instead of being like, give it to me for free or whatever. Um, so it's like that's if if your friend respects you and they respect the work you do, that's what they're gonna do. Uh, so it's it's not don't you don't need to do things for free for your friends. That's not a healthy boundary. And and truth be told, like you wouldn't walk into your friend's house and be like. Hey, like, give me this or give me that, you know, just like random things in their house. And so if you wouldn't just like take random things in their house for free, then why should you be giving them yeah. for free?
0: I mean, I pay my friends full price for the things that we utilize, the services that we have or Whatever it may be, I've never really asked for like, "Hey, can I get a handout? What is that?" And like, why would I do that? I'm not insulting. Yeah, you're not going to walk into your friend's
1: fridge and steal all their like, take all their. You even give us a
0: discount code for candle deliveries. I don't think I've ever used.
1: I know, I literally, every time you order it, like, <laughs> um, there's a discount code. I
0: never I use, use it. it. I'm like, girl, I don't care what your stupid little discount code pay I'm paying you for these candles, whatever. You're so paying to and deliver it. Few
1: times I was like, very confused. I was like, I was like, oh, she must not have got it. And then I'd like, resend it to you. And I'm, like, I'm just
0: annoying and I'm not going to use it. I'm like, girl, but you got to pay gas to come bring me this candle. Get out of my face. <laughs>
1: Oh man. Yeah. So again, there's, there are people that will, you know, that will pay full price for it. Um, and again, if you're, if you're going to do, to me, the way I look at it is like, if you're going to do a discount, your discount price should be your regular price. Yeah, And then for you sure. should have like your retail price. That is what everyone it's, else is paying.
0: Exactly. They That's, pay. I mean, I think the problem is people think that big box retailers that always have quote sales going. And I'm like, these people sell you things that they it cost them a dollar to make. It cost them three dollars to make. And that's why you're getting so. it for these amazing discounts of like $50 when it used to be 75. It's just a way to buy into you spending more money. It's marketing. That's the job of the marketing company. That's the job of these big companies. That's what they're supposed to do. You fall into it, but you as a business owner, especially a small business owner, most times you cannot sustain that, especially if you have businesses that are typically with more um, organic materials or materials that are a little bit better than you. Like you're making products from things that are a little bit healthier. It's very hard to get those materials and therefore they're a little more pricey. Depending on where you're sourcing them to, especially if you're, again, you're a small business and you're sourcing from another small business, that's really where you get into Mm -hmm. this pickle of, like, you're paying premium price for the materials you're using. And so therefore your products are going to be a little bit more pricier than, you know, a, a Walmart who is getting your things from a China and kids are making them and they're not healthy and they're not sustainable. So you just really have to. Like you said, your boundaries, your boundaries. If you have prices that are a little bit more, it's fine. Someone's going to pay that price. People pay for every... I am not kidding you. There is a small dress boutique company that I follow. They're, like I'm all into BST groups for things that I'm not going to pay a ton of money for. This particular brand is very pricey in general to me. <laughs> um, but the resale value on their dresses, because they even do a lot of custom work, is... Bananas and I this weekend watched somebody make at least twenty thousand dollars just selling dresses.
1: What? Wow, that's awesome. it was
0: very entertaining. Uh, but that you know what? There the prices. I was like, never in my, I would never pay my rent to for a dress for a child. No. I'm not even kidding. Within five minutes, somebody had already bought one of these. You know, for that price, wow. that's what happened. You know, somebody will do it. No, there's people who are paying Fendi prices. There are people who, nobody's going into Fendi being like, oh, it's too expensive. You're not going to walk into yep. Fendi knowing your budget and being like, Fendi, you're too expensive and like berate them in the store. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and
1: sure your, if, your like, because I'm, you know, me, I would never buy like any of this stuff because I feel be, like those prices are bananas. But if I was going to, if I was just like a zillionaire, which I still wouldn't do it, but if I was going to, I would rather support the small business that right. has those sustainable materials and all you know what I mean, all that stuff. I still think rent, especially your rent, because your rent ain't cheap for a dress is banana. So I would for a child's
0: dress. Isn't that even it's a child's dress, a child's dress, like a child. We all know children, they're the little monsters of the world who make things dirty and like play low to the ground. <laughs> a dress that is not gonna stay in tip top shape.
1: I'm like for a wedding dress, but like that's probably it. I mean, yeah.
0: But they were, girl. I was like, shout out to these people and shout out to you, mom, who collected these cuz she did what she had to do and she made her money. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even <laughs> mad about it. <bro>. Sure.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. And it's also okay to have a financial boundary that's like, if I don't make this much a year, then I'm not going to have small business. That is valid. Like I've seen people like make the jump and then be like, wow, I'm making like 30, 40 grand less than I was making in my career before when I had a corporate job and you know, that's its
0: not worth it. Cause like, I can't pay for like, the healthcare I had yeah, or my exactly. rent is the it's way, or I like to drive a okay. Porsche.
1: That's a hard boundary for you. If you've gotten used to a certain lifestyle or if that's just what works for your family, like it's okay to say you need X dollar amount and you, you know, if your business isn't making that to go back to corporate and that doesn't mean that you'll never go back to owning a business again, if you liked every aspect of it, but the financial, you can probably, you've learned some stuff, you can continue learning and you can come back and maybe make that work in the future. But yeah. it's okay to say like, that's a hard bound. Cause the
0: majority of businesses don't make that much money. I think that's what's so interesting about being an entrepreneur is that most people don't make it. Like if you are in a silo and entrepreneur internet, you would think that every single business is a six to seven figure earning business, and that's not the case no. at all, no. especially for service providers. Service providers typically do not make a lot of money. And so, and a lot of people are in the red. A lot of people, most businesses operate in the red. Even your, you know, um, Forbes 500, those businesses operate in the red a lot of the time. For if you to have a business that's in the black that's making seven figures as a service provider. Is rare despite what the internet may tell you because the internet will make it seem like you are the only loser who's only making fifty thousand dollars a year, and that's absolutely not the case, <laughs> like that is typical. Um, so you really have to find, like you said, that boundary of where you want your lifestyle to be. A lot of people have partners who have full time jobs who make six figures who can help out- float the rest of the needs of the, the family or the household so that the people can make their $50,000 a year and be comfortable and still go to Cancun and still go to Tahiti and still do whatever because you have a partner who makes that six figures, who has good health insurance. So you don't have to stress about going to the doctor. Like you got all that taken care of. And that's also another side of it. So it's just finding, again, like you talked about, your boundaries are so important. Do not sacrifice your values and your boundaries for being an entrepreneur. It's not Worth it. I mean, that sincerely, as someone who's been on this podcast, we've had this podcast for so long. We have a lot of people who are listening who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs. If it doesn't work for you, it's fine.
1: Yeah. It's at the end of the day, it's like you can be fulfilled with work in a number of ways but at the end of the day like no matter what you do i always think work is work like i know a lot of people are like oh if you do what you do you never work a day Like, no that's not true like i, um, it I is work. love it's work. many of things that i've done and they are all still work and i'm so lucky in that i get to have a career and that i've been able to do multiple things i've been able to explore and like literally just do the stuff that i freaking love to do and it's still work like there's gonna still be aspects of it like now the part of my work that's work is boxing it's like when i have to package everything especially with candles package it like so carefully it takes forever and again it's it's fine but it's like it's not like i'm like oh yes i can't wait it's like it's not the same thing you don't feel the same way when you're boxing stuff as you feel when you're uh pouring candles that's different like that's the magic of the experience like i feel like i'm like A kitchen witch just like making magic potions and it's awesome i love it but then like like, that part is so magical it's like john knows when i'm in like a pouring day he's like he's like it's practical magic in the house like (laughs) i'm living my fantasy when i'm pouring and when i'm boxing it's like i'm not As much living my fantasy, but it's like, that's fine because it is a job and it's work and I, it's awesome to get paid for it, but it doesn't mean the aspects of it are not going to be work. So I don't know why we pretend that that's the case. It's like, you can still love what you do and be like, oh, this is still work. And at the end of the day, it's like, even the pouring part. I mean, like, would I pour candles if I didn't get paid? Sure. But I would keep them for myself. You wouldn't pour the volume of can you like you wouldn't pour
0: hundreds of candles just because you fun. As
1: as much as I pour, like when I have an event upcoming, like I start weeks out knowing like I gotta pour a ton, or like when it's certain seasons, like before we're heading into like fall, it's like I've already started pouring now for that. It's like I would not pour at the volume I do. I would not pour the hours that you know, like it's still like it's physical on the body, like it's a physical thing you're doing. So it's like yeah no like why like i wouldn't do that like i wouldn't buy all this material you know so it's like yeah i want to be paid for it i deserve to be paid for it and whatever you're doing you deserve to be paid for it too so don't let anybody tell you otherwise
0: oh man we got a copyright kitchen witch i feel (laughs) so strongly about that phrase i love it so much (laughs) i literally
1: like i i wear special outfits i have my music i love it yeah so
0: much the words kitchen witch is great uh anywho thank you guys for listening if you have any boundaries that we did not talk about that might be helpful like chris said at the beginning shoot us a dm on instagram we'll get to you when we can we'll talk about it we'll add to the show notes we'll do again we We love talking and hearing from you it's so chaotic that we have so many listeners we never hear from (laughs)
1: I know. I'm like well, we adore you all we appreciate this. you for listening you are listening and you're like not on instagram because we have a lot of listeners and y'all are clearly you're
0: somewhere where are you unless you're on linkedin i'm not giving I on there. i'm sorry
1: to know like where <laughs> you are whether you want to like if you don't have instagram so you can't dm us like shoot us an email and just be like hey by the way i'm a listener and this is like if you're like on a social media platform i'd love to know if you're on
0: yeah, if you're on Discord, I'm on that. If you guys are on I'm Reddit, wondering David's like what, there.
1: I feel like a lot of our listeners <laughs> might be on Facebook. I'm not sure. I kind maybe of feel like that's maybe Facebook or maybe Twitter. If I had to guess,
0: I would if you're on Twitter, tweet me, I will respond back to you. I'm on Twitter all the time, and, reading and liking things. So I, will, and I will chat to you guys on Twitter. I'm on
1: Twitter a lot. I'm like I'm not on Facebook as much, but if you're on Facebook go ahead and I, I will make sure to like make a note to check. But it, I mean
0: this with the spirit of all I'm my spirit. I absolutely am not getting on LinkedIn. a lot
1: of you and it's like, where are you? Wait, I'm
0: not getting on LinkedIn though. I love y'all. I absolutely. No, LinkedIn needs to be Thanos. It needs to be erased. I do not care who we have on that is like LinkedIn is their bit. Like I don't care. It is truly the worst. Pla- like people talk about, people are bad on Facebook narcissists live on LinkedIn and they make it happen and I need it to be shut down. I want someone to to snap it and get rid of it because it is a bad platform. It is not good. <laughs> like, I do not like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I, I would
1: rather people do live journal. The but then you started like, showing me the stuff on it and I was like, whoa, it's wild over there. The stuff that goes
0: LinkedIn and our, like, viral we don't have like
1: a, we don't have heart and hustle stuff per se on linkedin is david ever on there i'm like people can write to him and tell us if he's are. not on linkedin
0: either okay. Okay. I mean, well that's not true he's on it he's in groups and stuff but he i feel like we feel the same where it's it, and i feel like there was a t- turning point it's definitely been this year i feel like last year because people are like be on linkedin There's social aspect and it is helpful it's for connection and so i felt like it wasn't as look at me, look at me until this year. Like for some reason about 2022 LinkedIn, maybe it's the pandemic, you got to tell me, the way to get interactions is to be really like showy, but in a way that is wild, it's just, I keep, I send them to charisma. It's these wild stories where they're like, my baby got up and like started walking and they said, mom, you're a CEO. I can't believe it. And they oh all started God. crying and held hands. And now I'm a CEO. You know, it's that. It's a very odd platform. I do not like it. No, well, I will Zero stars. say this.
1: If you're on like the big three, meaning like Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, whichever one you're on, reach out to us when you hear this and just be like, hey, I listened to the episode. And this is where I hang out.
0: Um, Randall is Facebook. Um, Kevin would definitely be Instagram. And Kate would be
1: Twitter. I feel like we have, like, a lot of introverted listeners. Oh, my goodness. understandable because, you know, I'm introverted. So, it's like, I get it. I just want to know where you guys are. Where are you? (laughs) You're you're listening. A lot of you are listening. So, I'm like, do you internet? If so, please tell me where. I would like to
0: but thank you for listening. We appreciate it. As always, you can rate your review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, as we just talked about, at Heart and Hustle Podcast, Twitter, Heart Hustle Pod. You can use the hashtag Boss So Hard wherever you are. Even if it's on LinkedIn, someone will find it. And we appreciate you for doing all of that. But we will see you guys next week. And have the, a great rest of the beginning of June.
1: Be safe out there. Happy Pride.